Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Cam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. And welcome back, NASCAR fans, to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee, and she is Tam. And I believe we have my man, Front Row Kenny. What it do, Renee and Kenny? What do you say, guys? What do you say? Yo, what's happening? I think it's great to be back. I enjoyed the week off. I will just tell you guys this. I love me some NASCAR. But the fact that I didn't have to think about doing the podcast, being on Twitter, none of that. Stuff. I was happy for the last two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we talked NASCAR, but the fact that it was like, okay, cool, like I can just relax and chill. It is nice to have a kickback day and just not be able to do anything and not talk to to the computer or to anybody and just sit back and watch Game of Thrones and just let it be life. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> G-O-T, baby! Game right. of Thrones! I, I, I know some of our listeners have got to watch Game of Thrones. It ain't just us. Come on. <laughs> now the big thing is the end game, as in the Avengers. Everyone's running to the box office to see it. You don't have to worry about listening to this podcast and receiving any spoiler alerts if you haven't seen it, because none of us have seen it either. I know Kenny has plans on seeing it. Renee, do you plan on seeing it? I do have plans on seeing it. Uh, You don't have to worry about being spoiler alert for anything because based on what I have heard and read (laughs) about spoiler alert people on on the internet, this is the wrong time to be a spoiler alert because people go after you. (laughs) Yeah, people taking it personal. (laughs) Yeah, we saw what happened to Deshaun McCoy, the football player, and... Then there was the guy in Hong Kong who got beat up in the theater. <laughs> Dude, like, it's not that serious, but I guess no, it is that, that serious. serious but I it is know. that serious to the people who watch these shows. That That is that is the difference. And this is 2019. And unfortunately, people have taken a whole new level of uh, anger towards spoiler alerters. So any of you spoiler alerters out there, I'm just telling you, be careful. <laughs> Yeah, this is not I the time for that. I am actually going to go watch the Kentucky Derby next week. I'll be at the racetrack. So if anybody has a spoiler in terms of, you know, who's going to win the Kentucky Derby, by all means, let me know so I can place a bet. How about that? <laughs> now, that's the kind of spoiler that I like. <laughs> Should we talk about our weekends? Because technically it's been two weeks. So I'll give you guys a quick update on me. I'll let Renee jump in because Renee's life is the one that we vicariously live through. I'll go last. (laughs) Oh, he's going to go last and then Kenny can talk. So for me, for the last two weeks, I've not done much of anything other than go to the gym, kind of catch up. I've been trying to build a website, so I was working on that. But it's been a pretty relaxed weekend. I have no complaints. Well, uh, excuse me, a pretty relaxed Mm -hmm. two weeks. So I have no complaints. And yeah, I'm glad that we are back racing. I was actually glad that Talladega was our first race back because I think I would have just been over it if we went to Dover or something after the break. Like, I think Talladega was the best scheduling wise, the best race for us to go into after a break. 
Kenny, I don't know if you share the same sentiments and also tell us a little bit about your last two weeks. Yeah, um, I think it's always good to have a little bit of off time, especially um, working. It, we've been on go mode since February. So to have a little bit of a break was cool. I actually spent my Easter with my family in Virginia and I also went to short track race at South Boston Speedway. So that was pretty cool. Something I hadn't done before. And fun fact, that's the first track I ever walked on as a little kid. My dad has a picture somewhere out there. So that was a pretty cool experience. But um, other than that, taking those two weeks was just perfect for being relaxed and just hanging out a little bit. And for this weekend, I went go-karting. That was pretty fun. I, I get a little competitive when that happens. I did get hit pretty hard. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> Man, it was it was crazy. I do feel like how those drivers feel when someone is slower than you, but they won't get out the way or they won't give you any room. I do that in my so own car guy, on the freeway, Kenny. So I know what you're talking about. I, I get in that same Listen, <laughs> it's, it's, wor- it's worse when I'm trying to be competitive, I feel like. Like a guy just held me up for maybe two laps or so. I'm thinking, okay, he's going to give me some room. I'm going to take it easy. He wouldn't do that. When he finally decided to give me room and he finally let me pass, I'm getting ready to make the corner. I get slammed right on the driver's side. And I'm like, man, I was pissed. I was so mad. Like the dude who was the safety crew or whatever, they walked over to me, you know, asked me, was I good? I was pissed. Those same guys were like joking with me. You know, everything was cool before we started the race. Man, by the time I stopped, I took my helmet off, my head sock and all that, man. Nobody said a word to me. I was heated. <laughs> like I was heated yeah. to say the least, but I did have fun and I did win that race. So, you know, there was a little bit of a plus to it. So that pretty much summed up this weekend as well. Renee, how about you? I know you have a super exciting well, <laughs> I'm just all over the place. I don't know about super exciting, but is I'm going to back up. It is super exciting, but it's exhausting as well. Because if anybody <laughs> follows us on social media and please follow us on social media at Turns No Breaks on Instagram and Twitter, I also post videos of myself uh, through our social media of where I'm at, what I'm doing. I had a few shows this past weekend and uh, last week as well, just kind of like just hanging out here in town. I wasn't on the road or anything. So I was uh, actually in town in Southern California. And I will also agree that it is nice to have a weekend off when you can't or not that you can't, but you, you don't have to do anything and you can kind of relax. I had a very nice Easter weekend. My family, is, as everybody knows, is back in Texas, but I talked to my family. They were all doing well. But it's so nice to be able to literally just relax, sit on your couch, and and just watch TV all day. And I did that uh, for one day within the past two weeks. It's nice and relaxing that you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be at some place at a certain time. You don't have to be here. You don't have to be there. And nevertheless, myself, I kept myself busy with work at the hospitals. Uh, and on stage and just other random stuff. But uh, I had a great two weeks, but it's great to be here back. And um, I I really thoroughly enjoyed this race, to be honest with you. The bar that I was at, they wouldn't put the NASCAR race on because everybody wanted to watch the Rockets and the Warriors. Everybody was watching baseball and the hockey playoffs. I mean, this is an exciting time in sports, let's be honest. But uh, all we're missing is football, to be really, if you think about it. But I told the bartender, I go, can we just put it on like maybe one of the back TVs where nobody, he goes, dude, if I put this NASCAR race anywhere in this, in this bar, he goes, we're going to have a riot. And I'm going, dude, I was like, all right. So I had to follow the race on Twitter and then I had to look up the videos afterwards. But what we do as NASCAR fans, and I think I've shared this story before about being in Costa Rica and I've wanted to watch the NASCAR race 
And I just asked the guy to change the channel. Everybody in the bar went bananas and was like, who wants to watch the NASCAR race? And I was like, I do. And everybody looked (laughs) at me and the guy looked at me, turned to the bartender and told him to change the channel back. And I was like, excuse me? You know, Tam, I I don't mean to jump in real quick, but you know what this is like when you're at a bar and you ask somebody to turn on the NASCAR race? If there's like nothing really going on, People really aren't paying attention and you know people aren't paying attention to the TV monitors or anything. And then you ask the bartender to put it on NASCAR and then all of a sudden they go, what is this? You weren't paying attention to any of these, any of the TVs to begin with. That's like a child who has all these toys and they don't play with it ever. But the moment another kid walks into the house and they need to play with the toy that you haven't touched in over two years, all of a sudden it's mine. Now I want to play with that toy. No, no, no. You can't do that. Dude, I want to watch this NASCAR race because nobody's been paying attention to any of these basketball games. None of these, nobody's been paying attention to any of these baseball games. But the moment you put it on NASCAR, everybody has a problem with it. I hate that. And that is exactly why I was like, excuse me. Like, you don't want it with me. And he and I got into it. And I think everybody in the bar, because it kind of got quiet, they were shocked that I was very much <laughs> sassy with him because I was like, who are you talking Cam to? Damn sassy. First of all? That, I, and I, I was in, that. The bar, in the right. bar by myself. I was like, I want to watch this, and that's that. Because here's the thing. It was other TVs. They weren't even paying attention to this particular Exactly. TV. But like you said, Renee, as soon as I asked for NASCAR, they are like, what? You uh, know? It's like nobody cares about NASCAR. Exactly. I care about we all NASCAR. care about it. So do our listeners. And I'm sure our listeners care about NASCAR. So they like, okay, yeah, good. We're happy to hear you had a great weekend, but get on to yeah. some NASCAR talk. <laughs> so let's jump into some Talladega talk. Yeah, let's do it. Quick refresher, Chase Elliott won. Your winner. Bill Elliott's kid won. We always say, or NASCAR folks say, that Talladega is Earnhardt country, but it looks like it was Elliott's country this weekend. (laughs) Alex Bowman, I was so excited. Oh, my God. You guys know I love Alex Bowman. He's a great guy. I was so excited when I saw Alex in the front. And I think if they had one more lap, he would have probably took Chase and and got the victory. But that wasn't the case. And speaking of one more lap, we're going to talk about that because there was some controversy in regards to whether or not NASCAR should have called a caution. It was interesting, the last lap or last two laps. So we'll jump into that in a bit. Ryan Priest, third. Hey. Anything's possible at Talladega in Daytona. In his defense, though, it was still some heavy hitters that were still in the race. I don't feel like this was a typical, unpredictable Talladega race because we didn't really have a super big one. What did we have? Maybe three accidents. We had the one in the first or second lap. Then we had the two towards the end. How many cautions did we have? Ten in general. Like, uh, how many cautions were there? And while one of you guys look up that, I'll finish the top ten. Daniel, or excuse me, I almost forgot Joy Logano came in fourth. So let me start over, and I'll, I won't give you guys any side notes. I'll just read the top ten. Chase Elliott, P1. Second place, Alex Bowman, third. Ryan Priest, Joy Logano, fourth. Daniel Hemrick, fifth. Kurt Busch, sixth. Ryan Newman, seventh. Brendan Gaughan, wow. eighth. Eric Amarola, ninth. And Kyle Busch was tenth. Notables, and these are only notables because these are some big names that did not actually perform well as in martin Truex jr he came in 20th but we do know martin got caught up in one of those late accidents 
Jimmy Johnson, not sure what his excuse is, but he came in 33rd. And Harvick, who was taken out early, his day was done. He was back in, in the motorhome chilling. Yeah. <laughs> Watching the race, I'm yeah, sure. He was, he was a couple of beers in even before the second stage, I think, was finished. <laughs> yeah. He came in 38th. So those are some notables, and that's the top 10. Going back to the cautions, Kenny, Renee, did any of you guys able to look up? And- we had six cautions today. That's how many we had. Okay. Six cautions, and I believe three, was it three accidents or four? It was three. I believe yeah, it was three. like three major accidents. Well, I remember one debris caution. Yeah, that's the only other one we had. There were there were natural cautions. That was it, just for debris. Usually at Talladega, we have a big one that takes out everybody. So then towards the end, you have people who may have never gotten a top 10 finish creep up in a top five. But I can't really say that was the case because aside from Harvick being taken out very early, most of the major players were still in the race from Kyle Busch to Kurt Busch. Yep. Everybody was still in the race. So for someone like Orion Priest to get third, as well as Daniel Hemrick to come in fifth place, yeah. that's not bad. It's actually really good. At all. Yeah, and Priest yeah. did well at Daytona as well in February. So it made sense yeah. for it to happen again. What can I say? Or what can we say? Now, what we can talk about is your boy Bubba Wallace. We'll start with the first accident and make our way through to the last lap. First accident, there was some drama. Bubba, I don't know if it was his attitude, his perceived attitude, the way he was racing. People weren't happy. There were some comments made. People on Twitter, there was one really nasty comment that Kenny sent me, and I'm not even going to glorify that ignorance with any type of of shine on this podcast. But it's, I will say this, it's always amazing to me how, how can I say this and be politically correct? It's always amazing to me the hate that comes out of people when it's involving someone that is not of their absolutely, race. Absolutely. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Keyboard warriors, you know it. That goes to show me exactly like what kind of people we still have in this world. And unfortunately, it's, I don't ever see it changing. However, but it amazes me how you can go on YouTube and literally look up a a simple video about puppies and kittens. And if you scroll through the comments, somehow this whole YouTube of uh, a video of puppies and kittens turns into a racial war of the nastiest stuff you've ever read in your life. And that is the, the problem and the power of social media in the world that we live in today. And it's unfortunate, but as much as we love the internet, as much as we love social media, uh, this is what it also houses is idiotic people like this. Yeah, it always comes back to race and yep. politics. Yep. You can Every have an article fails. like the little boy dropped his ice cream cone and then they'll say, oh, the liberals caused him to yeah, drop his exactly, ice cream cone. Exactly. You're like, what <laughs> it's the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> Nonetheless, let's talk about any of you guys think that Bubba was racing aggressively? I thought he was racing real hard early. I think also for the first time in a long, long time, the differences in in the nose on the car, like the way the Camaro is set up, you have to be really, really careful how you bump draft with another car just because of the way the edges are on the front of the car. I think that's also why Ford had no problems for the most part. Toyota used to have that issue, but they fixed that. 
So I think that was also product of it. I think he was being aggressive early, but I don't think it was needed to, you know, shun down on him like he's the worst thing ever to happen in NASCAR and or at that moment. Because you know what? Going back to Harvick's comment, let's not forget what happened in 2015 in the fall race with that whole controversy where on that lap before they started the race back up, his car had some problems. So he jumped up, then he jumped back down, then he jumped up and it caused a big wreck. And it caused a lot of controversy at the time. And that was a few years ago. So sometimes we forget things that we do. And I think that's just product of what happened with Harvick in this whole Bubba Wallace situation, honestly. I agree. Kenny, he definitely, uh, Bubba was definitely racing a bit different than what we're used to seeing him race. And maybe he was just trying to do things different, set a tone, or for whatever reason, just let people know, hey, look, I'm not here to mess around. I'm, this is Talladega. For whatever reason, I really want to win this race. What, whatever his mentality was, it definitely was different than what we're used to seeing him race. But me personally, whether it was Bubba or somebody else, another driver that, that's racing different, I'm okay with that. If it's in the realm of uh, still sportsmanlike, where you're not you're not overly aggressive to the point where you're you're purposely trying to wreck somebody or you're purposely trying to cause harm on another driver or anything like that, and that's what I saw out of what Bubba was doing today. But some people just kind of take it, you know, to another level, and th- there's nothing you can do about it. But uh, in this particular case, I thought he was being a little bit more aggressive than usual. But I personally didn't have a problem with it. I, I you know, I, I mean, it, it is what it is. People try to do different things and different strategies to try to win. And that's what I, that's all I thought he was doing today. Especially. The yeah, small absolutely. Teams. Yeah, they, exactly. Do in this in this situation. And I saw people say, I don't think he's just as good as what many people may say. Maybe he's hyped up to some degree to some folks. That's not necessarily at my discretion. I think he's pretty good. Again, let's remember that when Almirola was in that equipment, and people criticize him all the time. Notice, as soon as he jumped to the 10, that you could see there was a difference in the driver. The car does make a difference. I think that would help out. I really do think at some point, whenever that contract is up, if he goes to another team, let's just say SHR, for example, and he does well, there ain't nothing nobody can say. It's just literally just at that. So I think some of the criticism that was given today wasn't fair. But again, where things are instant and that's just how people react on the moment and in the fly, you don't really fully process all of your thoughts. You right. know what I mean? Well, here's something to throw at you guys. Can it be that his attitude supersedes everything? We know Bubba doesn't have the greatest reputation around NASCAR circles when it comes to his attitude. So could it be he has this chip on his shoulder, this attitude? And then he gets involved in this. It's like, okay, if Dell Jr. was to get into an accident, nobody's ever mad at Dell because Dell is likable. Right. So do you think a lot of the comments and the hate is because Bubba's not necessarily perceived to be this nice guy? I'm actually glad you brought that up, matter of fact, because I remember way back in Daytona, he made a comment about Tyler Reddick being a rookie and being the reason why they got into an accident. Ever since then, he got into an accident at Daytona. He got into an accident at Talladega. Two big, two plate tracks, obviously. So I think that was also something. He got a lot of negative traction off of that one. A lot of people weren't too happy about that. So you could be right. I just wanted to throw that out there because I think like when certain people do certain things, like Kyle Busch, 
They always mad at Kyle Bush, no matter what. But then on the flip side, if it's someone that's perceived to be a super nice guy, they could do no wrong, even if they're wrong. Yeah, like if Alex Bowman took out Kyle Bush, I don't think anybody would be that mad at him. Yeah, <laughs> no, Kyle Bush would be because he just is, he's just going to rage on. But Except for him. You know, but as a from a fan perspective, I think more people would probably blow by that before anything. If Kyle Bush is direct chase Elliott, people be pissed. Roles reverse, everyone's happy. Perfect example when Chase got into it with Denny. Nobody was on Denny's side. Even oh, if Denny yeah. was right, everybody was on Chase's side Absolutely. because that was before Chase showed us anything. And it was like, how dare you mess with the golden child, the chosen one, the <laughs> yeah. Best thing to happen to NASCAR yep. in 20 years. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. No, 100%. That's literally the perfect analogy to everything. That literally sums this whole situation up. Okay. Well, you guys listening to this podcast, we're going to do NASCAR talk. Not sure if this podcast will be posted before we do NASCAR talk on Monday on the Twitter at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But if it is and you just so happen are listening, Chime into our Twitter chat and maybe we'll ask a question or a variation of this question. So moving on, let's jump to the next accident or maybe the, well, actually the next two accidents are somewhat related because most people felt if NASCAR would have threw a caution at the end of the race with the accident, the, the accident that took out uh, Chris Buescher, then we would not have had the other accident where there was the horrible flipping down the track yeah. of Kyle Larson, which was pretty horrific to watch. But luckily, he was able to walk away. And to be honest, going back to Talladega, I was there that year when, or was that Daytona? I, oh, my God, I'm getting the wrecks confused. When was that when Austin Dillon flipped in his car? It was nothing left. Was that That uh, was Talladega? Daytona. Yeah. Okay, was I was Daytona. at that race, mm-hmm. too. I'm sorry, I'm confused. But, yeah, so... Kyle Larson's car was still somewhat intact, nothing like what we saw with Austin yep. Dillon. But I feel like Austin Dillon, on a side note, got in a really bad crash at Dega as well one year. Yeah. I mean, not that exactly everybody's too. been in a bad crash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People have had some pretty bad wrecks there. Okay. What do you guys think? Should NASCAR have thrown a flag? I know Steve, as in Steve O'Donnell from NASCAR, chimed in and highlighted a piece of debris on the track and said that's why they didn't throw the caution but what what do you guys think about it i thought that the call just based on looking at the picture now that o'donnell put up there i see why that's a fair call necessarily of course none of us at, at home probably even saw that so we had no idea but i'm not sure if that would have either caused that crash not to happen or to happen because typically given at talladega that last lap is usually pretty bonkers in Going off the backstretch, it's either a wreck coming off of turn two or as they get halfway down the backstretch and then they wreck. And sometimes turn four as well, coming off of that into the trial. So I don't know if that was necessarily the end all be all. And that's the reason why that happened. But I guess that was their call and the reason why they did that. Because I think maybe those cars hitting something like that could have been worse, possibly. Not 100% sure. I don't know. What do you think, Renee? Well, I think just looking at the nature of the way that the the whole accident happened and then Kyle Larson flipping, I'm actually really surprised they didn't throw a caution in there Um, because I, I, me personally, I was waiting for it and I'm sitting there going, whoa, 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 wait, 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 there's not even a caution. And I was like, and, and so then a part of me is going, well, I'm, I'm confused at why they didn't call the caution. 
But then, then as I'm watching this whole thing unfold in the end and just Chase getting the checkered flag, I'm going, well, you know what? It's the last lap and you want to try to give everybody, you know, an opportunity to um, have a a legitimate shot of, of finishing the race in whatever demeanor that they, they, they finish. But this is Talladega and, and everything just goes haywire to a certain extent. But I am very surprised that they didn't call a caution only because of the nature of the way Kyle Larson was flipping. And you're right, Tam, this is probably one of the, the, the most graphic flips that we've seen in a while. Uh, and, and I was really hoping that Kyle Larson was okay, but I'm really, really surprised that they didn't throw a caution in that. Cause I personally thought that they were going to call a caution on that. I felt like it definitely warranted it, but uh, I mean, it's Talladega. So, well, you're dealing with two, two separate issues. I think the first caution that should have been called for the accident that superseded yes. the accident with Kyle Larson was the Chris Busher one. They didn't call the flag. I actually did see the debris which is, I don't even know how I saw it, just randomly. I remember vaguely seeing it. I thought that they didn't call the caution because I was under the impression that they were already around past the point. That was my immediate thought. I was, because, you know, there's that cutoff. And, but then when they yeah. showed that the light was still green, I was like, okay, this is weird. And then the, to your point, Renee, the flip with yeah. Kyle Larson, I understood that they didn't call right. it a caution because it was the race was almost over some people thought were if they would have caught that first caution at the first accident we would never have been in the situation with the second accident but nonetheless nascar does what it does chase elliott alan gustafson he was already celebrating before Chase crossed the line, because it was apparent at that point that NASCAR was just going to call the race. So it is what it is. Some conspiracy theorists would say NASCAR wanted Chase Elliott to win. <laughs> I'm not going to dive into that. I'm going to leave it alone because personally, I thought that Alex Bowman would have got Chase if it would have lasted because Alex is just that great. Unfortunately, he hasn't been running well to prove how great he is, but I think he can be great given the right situation. But that's neither here or there. What else do we need to talk about when it comes to Talladega? Well, here's a question. Did you guys think it was a good race? I, yeah, well, I mean, I thought it was a good race, uh, Kenny. I mean, I, I'm not sure how you looked at it, but uh, I'm sitting here trying to just like uh, go back and look at all the videos because I couldn't watch it uh, because I was in the stupid bar that didn't want to put it on. But as I'm going back and I'm looking at I'm looking at the highlights, I'm going, man, I, I actually kind of hate that I missed this race. It seemed to me like it was a, it was a good race, but I mean, you guys probably know more than I do. You guys were able to actually watch it. Man, honestly, I thought that was probably one of the best plate races that I've seen. It wasn't in quite a plate time. race, though. Stop. Well, saying it. what a super speedway. You still yeah, used because to it's like it. no longer restrictors, and I guess we can talk about that after you tell us your thoughts about the race. Yeah, I guess you could say no more restricted place, taper spacer, almost same thing. It, nevertheless, I thought that was probably the best Talladega race, for better words. That was probably one of the best ones I have seen in a long time. And it reminded me of a plate race. That's probably why I said that first, thought my thoughts ahead of time. But um, it was very two th early 2000-ish-esque type race. I thought it was really good. I thought a lot of guys had a chance to mix it up. Justin Haley, who just turned 20 years old, was in the top 10 at a point. Unfortunately, he got in that wreck with Chris Buescher and everyone else. He had nowhere to go, so that was that. But I thought it had a little bit of everything. 
It had its side-by-side moments. It had its three-wide moments. It had its single-file moments, which was cool because that was going to happen no matter what. And I just really do think that's probably the best show that you can probably get at Talladega or Daytona at this point. I think they were spot on, honestly. We had 39 lead changes today. That is a big-time high. I can't remember what year it was, but it's a it's a high for the first time in a long time. I think 2011, when the tandem drafts were still around. And we had 99 green flag passes, which I did a little math on to get the true number. I would say it's about 78 true passes for the lead we had. I deducted 21 of them because they were probably either hit cycles or just the same person passing one another. But I thought it was a fantastic race. That was excellent. 10 out of 10 by far, easily. Hey, I will tell you this. It had its moments. At one moment, I didn't think it was a good race, I'm going to be honest. But then really? it had high. Yeah, no, there was a minute where I was just like, uh. but overall, I'll give the race, I'll give it a 88. <laughs> I just That's actually weird. wasn't even thinking about Dale Jr. when I That's said what I was thinking of in my head. <laughs> I just kind of was like 88. I give it an 88 out of 100. <laughs> That's still a solid B+. Plus. Absolutely. Now, we polled people on Twitter, simply asked them one question. Are you enjoying the race at Talladega so far? Hashtag NASCAR, hashtag Geico 500. At one point, 100% all agreed and said yes. That changed as the race went on. 78% said yes. The final vote was 78% said yes. 8% said not at all. 12% said meh. It could be better. And only 2% said that they were not filling the package. I don't know what you want. I don't know what you're going to do. Well, you can't please everybody, but clearly. You you, you can, but I have no clue what could have fixed that. I'm curious to know what triggered the 2%, though. Like, seriously, I'm just curious. Of course, like you said, can't please everybody, but I'm intrigued to figure out what made that one not a not a good race. Like I said, NASCAR fans, they're going to say something negative or just disagree just for the sake of yeah, disagreeing. Yeah, that yeah, is very yeah. true. <laughs> I am going to totally agree on that statement right there. We agree to disagree. One thing I think everybody agreed on was the Kyle Larson accident was not not great yeah. to watch. I no. uh, Fox posted video of it, and I just want to read one or two comments. We're not going to do a fan comment of the week this week. So this will be in place of it. But from our Twitter account, we reposted the video from Fox. Now, I actually saw people who were upset. One person in particular who is very, who always has something to say. He's a national NASCAR writer. I won't even say his name. But he was upset that Fox replayed the accident, which I was like, I don't know. I'm confused about that. But should NASCAR have not replayed the accident of Kyle Larson? Here's the funny thing about television and sports. They'll replay Kyle Larson's accident over and over again. They'll show you hockey fights over and over again. But the moment that a fan runs out onto the field, they're not going to show you that. They're going to go, we're not going to waste our time showing uh, this uh, crazy person running onto the field uh, in the middle of the baseball game, just a crazy person. So we're going to keep it here. But see, this is what just blows my mind about just TV in general. It's like, what do you want to see and what do you don't want to see? So people are going to get angry that they showed Kyle Larson's accident over and over again. 
But then some people want to, they have no problem watching a hockey fight where two guys are just pummeling each other and, and blood everywhere and tooth are being knocked, teeth are being knocked out. And that's okay. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's like we go back to the, uh, we, we agree to disagree on what, what, what should be shown and what should not be shown. So different strokes for different folks, as they used to say. I want to add a comment about the hockey fight. This is just so random. Hashtag Tam's rant. <laughs> last week, I think it was, or was it week before last? There was a hockey fight and it was a young guy and he said he wanted to fight the other guy. The other guy knocked him the, you know what, out. He was laying yeah, out on the ice one. and I was like, dang. I, I don't know that. who it was, but and then the guy who knocked him out, the older guy, he was like, he felt bad, but he wanted to yeah, fight. It was, was <laughs> Ovechkin from last year's winner of the of the uh, Stanley Cup. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's he right. He knocked the young Alligator kid out, man. That's right. And, uh, he knocked him out, but he wanted, he wanted to, fight, to fight, so exactly. he got what he asked for. <laughs> Hey, you don't mess with Ovi, man. That's not what you got to do. I'm telling you, that's the last person you want to try and fight. Man, I thought that was hilarious. We tweeted from our Twitter account. We posted, we are glad Kyle Larson was able to walk away from this nasty crash. This is the part of NASCAR we hate. We want to be entertained, but not at the expense of a driver having to experience something like this. We had many people like it. We had a lot of people retweet it. Ryan Goodrum, uh, his user on Twitter is Ryan underscore Goodrum, G-O-O-D-R-U-M. He chimed in and said that wreck should have never happened. A caution should have come out when the 17 hit the wall headed on. So that's a whole nother situation. And again, remember I told you guys people were upset because the accident that was prior to the one with Kyle Larson, people felt that the caution should have came out, which you can't say it would have prevented another accident because we all know on the restarts at super speedways, a lot of stuff goes down, but it could have possibly prevented it. Another commenter chimed in, and this is Meg Capriano. So I'm assuming Meg is a woman. Her user is C-A-I-L-C-O-B-A-Y-F-A-R-M. She chimed in and said, I can't get over the idiots just standing there at the fence. They didn't even flinch. Now, I thought the same thing and I almost tweeted, but I was like, yeah, somebody's going to take this tweet in the wrong. They're going to misinterpret what I'm trying to say. I didn't understand why they were just standing there either because I'm never on the other side of the fence in the stands, but I have been and I know that Although those fences are there to protect the fans from debris and stuff, something small could get through over the fence. They were just standing there unfazed. And then the one guy threw up his hand and I was like, is he celebrating? Like, I was a little confused at their reaction, but that was just even video from that. I mean, the video is unreal. The raw footage of that. The thing that got me, and I hope I'm, I was hearing this right. I actually discussed this with uh, Kobe Lambeth at a point and you could hear the tire squealing before it came off the ground. I've never heard that before. And I really do think that's what I was hearing. I've played that clip so many times, but the thing that blows my mind is how the rear end of the car itself actually got up before anything yeah. else. I think that's the one thing they're going to look at automatically because i've never at least i can't think of a time where i've seen that happen but that was a scary scary wreck and same for jeffrey earnhardt who also hit the wall pretty hard along with him tough yeah, he deal. was having a great day before he that was. happened 
Yeah, and and it's tough with with those situations. It's like, yeah, we don't want these things to happen to our favorite driver, or any race car driver for any any series. Yes, but at the same token, there's just only so much you can do. You can't save every single moment. You know what I mean? That's just the hard. That's the harsh ass reality of brutal wrecks like that. It what's really crazy too is Formula One during qualifying had a bunch of accidents. Yeah. I think it was turn seven, turn eight. A lot wow. of people just, it, it was, I know, two or three accidents. And I was like, dude, all the accidents yeah. and qualifying. Yeah, turn eight was eating everybody. And I think, um, speaking of more going into the wrecks, well, heading into the month of May, we've got IndyCar getting ready to try and go break the lap record at Indianapolis. Man, I really do hope everyone is safe in that deal because, you know, those cars are much, much faster and... Your head's out in the open as well, so open hope, wheel racing. I would yeah. never do it personally. If, That's the danger of it. If I was to have pursued a career in racing, it would have been well. It probably would have been luxury M's or something like that. But <laughs> it would be NASCAR, not open wheel. Like to me, open wheel is just the brave of the bravest. Nobody would ever. Get me to understand why would you put your <laughs> life on the line to be in those little cars? Now, hopefully, my friend at IndyCar will hook it up for me because it's on my bucket list to. Oh, actually, we haven't done a podcast since I was at the Grand Prix, so I went to the IndyCar race two weeks ago. I think, or did we do the podcast? I'm not sure, but nonetheless, so it's on my bucket list to do the. There's so for the hot laps at the Indy car races. The day of the races, they do hot laps in a double Indy car. So there's a driver in the front and a passenger in the back. And uh, Mario Andretti usually does them. So that is my goal is to ride with Mario Andretti. And that would complete my motorsport list. Other than going to Monaco for the Grand Prix. But I've done a hot lap with Sebastian Vettel. I've done some burnouts in the passenger seat with the Stig from, you guys know the Stig. What's the show? There's the American version and then there's the- Oh, Top Gear. Top Gear. So, yes, I've done burnouts with the Stig from Top Gear. I've actually driven a NASCAR. I've been on the track with, uh, I forgot his name, but he's the guy that's over Lexus Toyota. He's a Japanese guy, but he's like a big oh, deal okay, in the yeah. industry. I just can't think of his name at the moment. And of course, you know, I've done some stuff with Scott Pruitt. I've hung out with Al Unsner Jr. on multiple Boy, occasions. Over here. And I'm up. not even gonna, yeah, <laughs> right, I mean, I'm not even star. gonna go All through right. my NASCAR portfolio. Because it's just a given. But yeah, in terms of my motorsports palette, it's pretty deep. The only other thing that's left, like I said, is to go to the Monaco Grand Prix. And at some point, I kind of have visions of myself hanging out with Lewis Hamilton on a yacht someplace, maybe in Dubai or something. I don't know. But yeah, so that's that. Okay, so what else do we need to talk about? I feel like we've beat Talladega in the head. We can talk about the package at Talladega if you guys want to. Because I am going to have to go in a few minutes because uh, I need to get in the shower and stuff. Okay, so Renee needs to get in the shower, you guys, because he has a show tonight. He actually has two shows. I guess let's speed it along. Did anybody want to talk about the Chevys working together and how it benefited them or no one cares? You guys just want to 
move into Dover prediction? Um, um I'll just throw one quick thing, real quick. I thought the okay. package was pretty good. I think they pretty much nailed it for Talladega and Daytona, and we'll see how it goes in July as well. So kudos to NASCAR for getting it right this weekend. So NASCAR finally did something that fans can hang on to. Is that what you're saying, Kenny? I think so. People seem pretty happy for the most part. It looks like people were okay with that. Yeah. 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 They'll change their mind next week. Who knows? You're right. You're right. Okay. We are headed to Dover next week. And before we move on to Dover predictions, I just want to remind you guys to hit the subscribe button. We appreciate any comments you want to leave on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast. So without further ado, we are going to go into some predictions so Renee can get in the shower and go stand on stage and sweat. There you go. That's right. That's pretty much what it does. (laughs) It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Renee, who you got? All right. So we are in Dover this weekend, and we're going to go back to uh, reality, uh, as we like to say. I'm going to go right back to uh, going back to one of my favorite drivers this year. I'm going to predict that, yeah, Denny Hamlin is going to come out with Dover. I'm still a Denny Hamlin uh, believer this year. He's been having a great year, and uh, I'm going to stick with Denny Hamlin. I, I think he's going to you know, be in victory lane at Dover. If I had to do an alternative pick, I'll be honest with you, I'd like Kevin Harvick to come back and maybe possibly win this Dover race. I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick as my alternative pick, but uh, I, I really think that, that Denny Hamlin is going to come out on, on top at Dover. But uh, those are my picks, and I'm sticking with them. Kenny? Dover in Delaware, gambling man's paradise on the East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to roll with Kevin Harvick as well. He's due for a win there. I think he won the May race last year. And I think my alternative pick will be Chase Elliott, who won the fall race and won today's Geico 500. So I think I'm going to roll with those picks. I'm going to stick to them. I don't know. Tam, how you feeling? Kenny cut into my history lesson. So I'll just be really brief and give you guys the past 10 winners at Dover. Jimmy Johnson won in 2009, Kyle Busch, 2010, Matt Kenseth, 2011, 2012, Jimmy Johnson, 2013, Tony Stewart, who, by the way, won a race this week, but of course not a NASCAR race, 2014, Jimmy Johnson, 2015, Jimmy Johnson, 2016, Matt Kenseth, the quiet assassin, 2017, Jimmy Johnson, and 2018, Kevin Harvick. And we raced twice in Dover. Those were just the May winners in Dover for the past 10 years. Because we typically race at Dover in May, June. May or June-ish. Because at some point over the years, it was in May. and some points, it was in June. And then we raced in November. That is actually changing next year. I don't recall offhand, but as you guys know, the 2020 schedule is going to be completely different. Notables, Jimmy Johnson is the 11-time winner at Dover. Jimmy has owned Dover, period, end of discussion. And as Kenny said, Harvick won the May 2018 race at Dover, but it was Chase Elliott who won the very last race at Dover, which was October 2018. I would love to pick Jimmy to get that old thing back, but Jimmy is just not getting any better. 
And at this point, we remember we had this conversation, is it Jimmy or the equipment? Uh, you got, I mean, even though it's Talladega, you got Chase Elliott first, Alex Bowman second. William Byron, it's like he's still somewhat, he's not a rookie, but he's, what, second year, so we don't really count him in or out. But Jimmy, dude, what is going on? He's not my pick. Let's just sum that up right quick. <laughs> Who I am going to pick, Denny Hamlin name sounds great for Dover. I also am feeling Harvick for Dover, but I'm not going to go with either one of them. I am going to go with Kyle Busch, and I am going to leave my alternative open, and I'm just going to pick somebody who has not won a race this season as my alternative. Yeah, so Kyle Busch is my winner. My alternative is a new winner All for right. the season. Well, there you go. Just leave it up in the air. Just I actually like that, Tam. That's actually really nice because you kind of leave the option open. And you know what? Maybe we might have a winner that we haven't had this year. Who It could be Eric Amarola. I don't know. It could be uh, somebody else, uh, Jed Bushler. Who knows? Who could it be? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> But those are our picks. And if you have a pick, why don't you send it to us on social media like Tam mentioned before, like I mentioned before, please go to iTunes and subscribe to our uh, podcast. Uh, we really do appreciate any comments that you leave. It really helps us out. Please uh, rate and review and leave us a comment. Please do that for Kenny, myself, and Tam. We appreciate you listening to our podcast each and every week. And we will see you again next week here on another episode of All Turns No Breaks. Game of Thrones. Bye-bye. <laughs> I'll see y'all later. <laughs> Game of Thrones. I love it. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 